Welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. Hello and welcome to 2.13. 213 Legal and Ethical Issues really focuses on copyright and fair use. So what legal issues and ethical considerations need to be considered for instructional design? And how does copyright and fair use impact learning design for talent development professionals? This is area of expertise to instructional design, and it may sound familiar. Uh, the learning objective for section 2.13 is explain the importance of legal and ethical issues related to instructional design and focuses on copyright. So any use of copyrighted work for learning, training, education requires permission from the copyright owner, i.e. the publisher of the work or the employer of the work's author or the author creator itself. So this is very familiar to you because you've been listening and you've heard a previous podcast. It's probably true. Area of Expertise 3, Training and Delivery on the topic, looks at copyright and fair use laws. So I put a link into this episode's show notes. I'm not going to repeat a whole bunch of things because you should definitely go to that episode where I talk a little bit more around the fair use, copyright, and legal doctrines. Um, just a quick recap. In the U.S., laws on copyright say, under this law, um, any expression of ideas, um, but not the ideas themselves, are protected in some tangible form. So if it's a book, a magazine, an article, a video, a film, a song, lyrics to a song, music to the song, things like that. So although the exact words in a book may be copyrighted, the ideas in the book are not. So that gives you some idea. I put a link to an article from the e-learning industry just around copyright and e-learning creativity because these laws and issues come up, no doubt, when people are designing especially tangible objects that are online and they're digital. So Congress um, says in Article 8 of the Constitution, says Congress shall have the power to promote the progress of science and the useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right of their respective writings and discoveries. And some of that is under essentially what we're securing for um, creative labor and creative use under copyright for instructional designers, learning designers, and training and talent development professionals. So, Anything you do that stimulates artistic creativity for the general public good does fall under the U.S. Copyright Act. So thinking about that, um, it's works made for hire, the employer, or the person who's hired you to do the work. So whether you're a contractor, freelance, full-time employee, the copyright will usually fall to the person. If it's individual, if it's contract works made for hire, it might be the organization or employer where those training materials are being designed for, or if you're contracted to deliver a webinar or somewhere else, usually the copyright comes into the contract. And you should really read what that means and what you're signing away for um, this specific material. So it's that, those slides maybe, those presentation notes, those handouts will all be copyrighted to whoever you made that for if it was work for hire. But those ideas are your ideas and those could be represented in a different way. It can't be the same. So there are some nuances of that. This also gets into a little bit around fair use, that legal doctrine that promotes freedom of expression by permitting the unlicensed use of copyrighted protected works in certain circumstances. So the U.S. Section 107 of the Copyright Act provides a statutory framework for determining whether something is fair use and identifies certain types of uses like criticism, comment, news, reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. So examples of activities that might qualify as fair use um, would be under those. When considering if objects or materials are under fair use, here's four requirements they say. 
purpose is for a nonprofit, non-commercial use, educational use is typical. The nature of the copyrighted work is consistent with the proposed use. Uh, the amount of the original work involves some small uses can be considered an infringement, and that small portion might be the core idea from the copyrighted work, and the effect of using the copyrighted work is not likely to deprive the copyright holder of sales or market interest. So an example, if you're going to be showing a clip from a film in a class, you want to check that copyright standard. You're not going to probably show the whole film because what's the purpose? That's you just giving away the material for free. But you want to recognize um, where it comes from, give attribution. Under that, um, think about the writing copyright statements on your materials is also helpful. And so another um, learning magazine, um, online solution, learning solutions, wrote writing copy statements for e-learning. So put a link to this article is where you place the copyright statement might be at like the bottom of the screen, if it's on a website, or maybe it's on handouts, maybe it's a runner, um, a header, or a footer, footnote at the bottom that says what the copyright is. So it will be a C, uh, that like C with a circle around it, if a copyright, or if you give it some other rights reserves and examples. So it might be um, written by you, the year, and the copyright, all rights reserves is an example. So you should probably include a copyright statement, um, even if it is an open source comment, and I'll get to that in a little bit. So thinking about copyright and learning about that, this article has um, what's copyright in the US, Canada, European Union, the People's Republic of China, and a couple other websites that are really helpful. So I put a link to this article, Writing Copyright Statements for e-learning, because it should be included in your training materials, learning materials, education materials. So legal and ethical issues related to copyright and fair use can be confusing. Uh, things that cannot be protected, remember, are those ideas, processes, procedures, methods, concepts, principles, or discoveries. But tangible objects could. So it could be a description, an explanation, a drawing of this idea. So if you had an idea for a new concept and you had a little sketch that's on even a napkin, that could be a copyrighted material. So... In the U.S., um, you really want to register with the U.S. Copyright Office to protect any legal um, status of things you have. Your distribution of copyrights and act are protected, and they can be transferred, signed off, depending on the contracts you sign. So if you have an agreement for an employer, um, any works you do is yours, and you don't have your own intellectual property signed or kind of contract or freedom to do that, then they'll own anything you create once you leave that job, position, role. Also, if you're thinking about um, creating different research projects or developing or designing something that's for training, um, you want to ask if you're designing something that you want to take with you, if you could have an agreement of some sort. So that's really important to think about where your rights are. There are exclusive uh, rights for fair use privilege, and you always want to get consent um, when you're ever using copyrighted material. So you always want to get the copyright owner's consent and permission to use uh, piece of, share, and give attribution. So citing, so including the author's um, few things, name, year, it was created, it was under a certain organization listing that, maybe a link to the resource itself. But the bottom line is obtaining rate consent for any copyright holder is really important for those use for those learning materials. So even if it's for an educational program or for finding training materials, it's really important to give any sort of attribution for that fair use um, for things they're using. 
if you're not sure how to do this or it's too confusing, ask someone. There's tons of great resources out there online, colleagues, networks that would love to help you. So don't play stupid. Give people credit for the work they've done. I put a link in uh, because I've talked about this in the other episode of a couple of things. Resources are um, you want to open up. So you want to try using Creative Commons and open licensing. So if you want to share your work, you can use Creative Commons to designate other than just copyright um, and saying it's restricted, all rights reserved, you can decide um, any artifact that you're creating, what the copyright will look like, and if you're going to give it a different license. So you might uh, give a different CC license that's all access or for non-commercial use or to add tribute or reuse remix. So there's tons of that. Um, This blog post I put in there is to share your work. You got to put a Creative Commons license on it. And it talks about things like anything from your webinars, webcasts, podcasts, recordings, diagrams, drawings, things that you could attribute in different ways and share openly for others in the learning training industry to use. The other really great resource is a webinar as well as a toolkit from the National Teaching uh, Teaching and Learning Forum in Ireland. Uh, They have an National Forum Open Licensing Toolkit. So there's a brief little video and post I put in there on the Open Up blog. And in there, you'll find a PDF to their whole toolkit, which is great. So they explain how you can use the five R's of open educational resources. So how you can uh, remix, retain, reuse, revise, and redistribute anything you use. Um, They give some examples of where you can find open projects, open textbooks, open resources, libraries, and materials. And they tell you a little bit about um, what each license allows for, right? So Creative Commons has a different ways you can license. So there's a few different things like the matrix of how do I offer my work? How do I choose a collection? What would this look like if I want to offer it in a different way? And that lets people understand. But a caveat to all this, I'm not a lawyer, and this title has the word legal in it. So when in doubt, ask your organization uh, for anyone that you're going to talk to, an attorney, a lawyer, the legal representative, ask them things about these legal and ethical issues, especially when it comes to copyright, because you don't want to be caught up in some sort of legal troubles down the road. So um, this is just a few things to get started. I'd love to hear how you advise your instructional designers, learning designers, and trainers on copyright. What kind of resources do you provide or what kind of information should you provide or are you thinking about after you heard this episode? Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.